Hello, my name is John Stringfell, and you're listening to No Strangers here on 88.5 FM, WCUG, Cougar Radio. It's a beautiful, beautiful day today. Uh, the weather is so pleasant. I'm thinking of going for a walk after this recording, uh, but it's, it is absolutely stunning outside uh, today. The weather is just perfect, slight breeze, so it's not too, too hot, but it's also not super super cold uh it's just it's just pleasant perfect day to do some gardening or do some uh, landscape work um just just going out for a walk even yeah that's that's gonna be on my plan for for today uh but today uh as we progress through the centuries uh we are currently now in about the 17th century uh for today's reciting and analysis uh, I'm going to be reading and obviously um, analyzing uh, the poem known as called The Cheat by Joseph Baumont. So a quick little um, reference or look back on the poet Joseph Baumont. Um, it's important that we recognize his life uh, and what all he did. Um, much like our other poets, just to give sort of a frame of reference as to, you know, where they're coming from, um, what all are they known for, this, that, and the other. (laughs) Uh, So Joseph Baumont had been a clergyman during his lifetime, uh, an educator as well. Um, And his work, a lot of his poems had a sort of allegory to them. um, And a lot of them focused a lot on the not necessarily overly religious, but there were some religious themes used within his poetry. Um, Many of his poems involve some way of involvement with the soul, uh, the journey of the soul. Uh, I believe Joseph Balmont often tried to implement the, the soul traveling as a way to symbolize how pilgrims or how religion has also traveled, not only as it has gone over the ages and through generations, but also through individuals. Uh, Because you can't have a generation without starting off with the individuals. Uh, (laughs) So that's that's important to know, I think, uh, in terms of reading this poem today. Um, and, And I think it'll be interesting because knowing his background and knowing, um, what this work or this poem will be about will add a interesting juxtaposition because uh, I think this poem kind of separates itself a little bit from the ideas of religion, um, the the ideas of having a moral ground to stand upon and say that you're objectively you know in the right uh, while being in the graces of God and you know doing good deeds unto others and such. Um, so I, I don't think Baumont here in this case challenges religion, uh, but it is something separate. This is this poem to me feels like it's something outside of religion almost, uh, or at least it has very very little involvement with religion as a whole. Uh, but it, I, I think it's more so focused on morals uh, and how we treat one another. So I shall re- recite for you now the poem called "The Cheat." by Joseph Baumont. Sweet beguilings, cruel smiling, tickling souls to death, 
tedious leisures, bitter pleasures, smooth yet cragged path. Heavy lightness to sad slightness, cheers yet breaks the bearer. Dainty treasons to quaint reasons, teach yet fool the hearer. Glorious troubles, mind bubbles, horror faintly brimmed, baned in honey, brass in money, nothing neatly trimmed. Are the prizes life devises to warm fond desires, which by growing hot are blowing their own funeral fires. So, in this poem, like I said, there, there's. It seems as though this is not necessarily talking about the good of religion or talking about why it's good to be a clergyman. It's more so focused on the intangible aspects of religion. Uh, the emotions, the sentiments behind uh, moral upstanding, um, but but with this, it's not focused on the good people. It's focused on those who have tricked and possibly have done wrong to others. Um, with that, I think what Baumann's trying to say is that these people who bother us and pester us and play with our love and emotions. And people who just not necessarily rip up, but certainly mangle up our thoughts and uh, sentiments, they will have their ends met. <laughs> uh, that they, they, they there will be justice, and that justice will most certainly be served. Uh, I think that's what Baumont's trying to say, especially in that last line there. So while going over, um, of course, I'll break it line from line and it's a fairly simple poem you know most poems from this time have very complex sort of structures or very complex sort of uh word choices um you know as opposed we read here you know we read sweet beguilings cruel smilings tickling souls to death as opposed to reading something like um you noble diggers all stand up now stand up now you noble diggers all stand up now the wasteland to maintain seeing calvaries by name the digging does disdain and people all defame stand up now stand up now uh, which was a another poem by Gurner with Stanley or you know instead of that uh, you know you could possibly read another poem like um, fair boy aloused while filest thou thee the languish in such flames for thee I'm back, tis true, why so is night, and lovers in dark shades delight. Um, which was, again, another example, another poem by Henry Reynolds. Um, so, so instead of reading these very complex uh, poems with their very tedious, almost tedious structures, uh, and even word choices, um, this poem seems simplistic in the sense that it's trying to aim at something specific um, some of these poems like to add a sort of uh, flowery uh, almost romanticizing the language that we use um, romanticizing the ideas and concepts behind each poem uh, which can make it a little bit foggy to analyze a little bit hard to really get into um it makes it difficult to not find maybe one conclusion um, or at least it becomes so wide and so broad of the idea that it's hard to really break that down into 
what the poet wanted or what we get out of it. Um, but with this, with this poem, The Cheat by Joseph Beaumont, um, I think it's it's a pretty clear poem, and I think it hits right on the head um, in terms of what Beaumont was trying to get at. It, it, it's not flowery. It's not entirely complex, uh, but it is impactful, and it is meaningful. And um, I think that's what Beaumont was trying to go for with this poem. So by looking at each stanza and breaking down each line, um, we have this sort of, um, this rhyming patterns, to me at least, is very unique, especially in the time period that it was written in. Um, Sweet beguilings, crew smilings, tickling souls to death. Uh, tedious leisures, bitter pleasures, smooth yet cragged path. So we, we hear this chord, da-da-da, da-da-da, da-da-da-da. Um, in terms of rhyming and reading. It just sounds natural to read the poem that way. Um, and that may be, that may have a very specific reason as to why. So we, we see this simple sort of writing, uh, not too complex reading, uh, but even in, in its simplistic nature, the beauty or the complexity that can be found in this is in the sort of not oxymorons, but the parallels and the uh, paradoxes, uh, the the literary paradoxes, I should uh, explain, um, found within each line. Um, sweet beguilings, you know, that's that's very much uh, works against itself. Um, you know, cruel smilings. Um, again, that's another example that. Um, doesn't work by itself too well. So when we see sweet beguilings, we know that the meaning to beguile someone is to charm or enchant them in a deceptive way. Um, And so to describe that as being a sweet beguiling almost sounds as if though the beguiling is wanted, uh, as if it's a, it's sort of desirable to be deceived. Um, No one wants to be deceived, Uh, No one wants to be, you know, so far captivated that they can't even control themselves, obviously. Um, But but to describe it as sweet, it it sounds almost... Sounds almost cruelly romantic, you know? Um, To be so attracted um, and to know that you're uh, you're attracted to their deception um, and to describe that deception as being a sweet... Uh, deception certainly off-putting to say the least Um, and in the next line cruel smiling uh, or cruel smilings so you know we smile you know that means we're happy we're joyful we're expressing some form of uh, gratitude perhaps or showing off some form of uh, joy towards whatever it may be that catches our attention to say that it's cruel, um, to, to, for someone to have a cruel smiling, it means that they're smiling towards something that's potentially bad or even evil. Um, you know, we, we see the, the, the wicked villains with uh, the long, wiry mustaches as they tweedle, you know, the very ends of their mustaches, and they, they laugh as they put, you know, um, their victim, you know, in pain or, or in a, a comfortable position towards 
um, certain demise. Um, it's, that's usually what I, I associate with that idea of what cruel smiling is, is someone who's purposely doing bad uh, for their for their own enjoyment, uh, doing it for their own sort of pleasure. Whatever pleasure that may be.